I am so excited to talk to you guys this evening. I just, I'm kind of brimming at the edge of my seat, excited to talk to you about Esther. I know we've talked a little bit here and there about uh, Esther and how she was in a time that was of quarantine. That's kind of like the quarantine that many of us have walked through uh, over the last several months. However, what we don't think about is what led to that. What caused the situation that made it a, a, a possibility for Esther to even become the queen of this nation? Well, see, Esther's predecessor, Vashti, didn't position herself in a way to where she is, excuse me, where Vashti was in favor with her king. How is that? Well, if we go back to the book of Esther, we see in chapter 1, verse 10, on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he had been drinking for quite some time, and the com- he commanded his eunuchs to come forth, right? And when the eunuchs came, he said, Bring Queen Vashti to me with her royal crown on her head for her beauty to be displayed to all the people and to the princes because she was extremely beautiful. Well, she refused to come. Well, why did she refuse to come? Well, it says here, if you go a little bit before that, that Queen Vashti was actually throwing a banquet of her own for the women. Well, the question then has to be asked, why was she not with her king? Is it that he did not desire her presence? Is it that the king did not yearn for her to be with him? Was it cultural? What if it's the fact that she thought it would be more enjoyable to do her thing the way that she desired it, and yet the king had things and plans he wanted to see accomplished, things that he wanted to get done. He wanted to have the party done his way. What if you and I, in this time, whether now or before this time that we just went through, what if you or I were not positioned near our king? Would we come to a place where our king would be dissatisfied with us because we refuse to come to him when he beckons to us? How is that different than when we're sitting at home watching a movie with our family? Or when we are driving down the road on our way to work or to take our kids to soccer or to basketball or to football or to wrestling? How is it any different than when we feel that tug on our heart to spend time with our king, and yet we have an agenda ourselves that we desire to see accomplished, and yet we don't position ourselves to where we draw near to our king? Guys, this is not something that I want to feel like I'm beating you down or trying to make you pull yourself in a different direction than you normally would, but I'm trying to get you to understand and to realize that there are times and seasons in our lives where the Lord will begin to draw on our hearts. He himself will begin to put a tug on our hearts, even just to come and praise him, to press into his presence with prayer. Sometimes he wants us to get into his word, 
But when we refuse to position ourselves with him in the manner he desires, we disqualify ourselves from moving forward in the arena he's trying to take us into. How many times have we been guilty of that? How many times have you or I been guilty of not setting aside time to get into the presence with the Lord? I know a perfect example, and it's nothing to be ashamed of, is when you move. My family, we just moved from Tennessee to Texas. When we moved, what happened? Our entire schedule was thrown upside down. But what did we have to do? If we wanted to stay consistent in spending time with the Lord, we had to be very intentional with our times. Well, was there time when things got a little out of kilter? Of course, because we're having to move into a new season. We're moving into a new area and a new aptitude, you know, a new altitude even. The atmosphere is different. However, we still are charged. Yes, I said the word charged. We're charged with the responsibility of keeping up with our king. We're charged with being intentional with spending time in his presence. See, if we get caught up in what our ideas are and what our thoughts on the situation are, or even the situation we're in, we can miss it. See, just like Queen Vashti, she had her agenda. She had her banquet going on. It wasn't necessarily wrong for her to have her own banquet. But what happened? She got so caught up in doing her thing, her way, in her time, that when her king called upon her, she was not ready and she did not want to move into the arena that he was calling her to. I truly believe that you and I need to be intentional with all that we do. We need to live a life of an intentionality. Whether we're moving, whether we're starting a new job, a new career, whether we have gone through a season in our life that's hard. Many of us have had those moments when we've lost loved ones. That's not the time to back away from the presence of the Lord. That's the time, kind of like Pastor Barry talks about, that when you feel you're going through that dry place, just do what you know to do. Get in the Word. Dig in deep. Begin to study it out just like you would if nothing else was going on. Stop worrying about the things that might grab at your attention and try to pull you away in other, into another agenda. Instead, take your focus and set it sharply to focus on studying the Word. And as you do, you'll notice that you'll begin to move right past that weariness right past that dry spell and you'll notice it's just kind of like getting on that bicycle without the training wheels and it's been several years since you've ridden it might take you a second to kind of get your bearings but all of a sudden you take off and you're riding and you're completely fine no training wheels required why because you already know the way you know the path you get back into the rhythm speaking of rhythm Life has lots of rhythms. Even our heart has a rhythm. The heart of our king has a rhythm. And I think that's another thing that we need to look at as well. As Queen Vashti had been queen 
for quite some time. She knew her husband. She knew what the king wanted. She knew what his desires would be. Why did it suddenly surprise her that he called and requested for her presence? We need to be intentional with our time so that we are drawing close to the Lord, to where we understand his heart, that we understand his rhythm, and as he's beckoning to us that we are drawing near to him, even if it's during our time that we're driving down the road, and if he's beginning to pull on our heart, that we begin to press into his presence with either praise and, or prayer or, or just talking to him. Our intentionality will definitely dictate how successful we are in pressing forward in the ways that he wants us to go. It's no different than if you or I have a, an employer that has a task for us to do. We go back, we go into our job and our employer gives us an assignment. We say, yes, sir, I'll take care of it. I'm going to do a wonderful job. And then we have two decisions. We have the decision to make. It says, hey, I'm going to do just what's required. I'm going to do it just to what level they expect. Or we make the decision that says, I'm going to go and put all of myself into this. I'm going to be as faithful as I can be with the task that I've been given, with the skill set that I have, and everything that I can pour into this, I will. See, that's the kind of quality God is looking for. He's not looking for us just to do just the bare necessity. He wants us to be all in. It's kind of like if you're playing football. Like when my son was playing football uh, last year, when he would go on the field, it was not a, eh, I'm going to kind of do okay when I get out there. If he wanted to keep playing, he had to give it his best effort. Every time he went out there for practice or if he was going to get on the field to play the game itself, he had to be all in, everything, nothing held back. Why is that? The coach wanted to see that he was sold out to playing the position that he was playing, whether it was the one he asked for or the one that he was assigned. Sometimes you and I get caught up in this thing that, Lord, I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. I don't want to do this assignment, or I don't want to do that assignment. Well, if he's put it on your heart and he's given you the unction to go and move into a different arena than you've been comfortable in before, don't you think it would be good to trust him to help you desire that for yourself? And if you're not currently desiring it and he's put it on your heart to begin to move in that direction and not to give it a halfway job, but to give it a full, full on, I'm all in, I'm sold out attitude at the assignment that he's given you. See, God gave us the perfect analogy. He said that there are, he, well, Jesus, when he was here on earth, gave the parable of the talents where the well, it says the ruler went, and he was going to a foreign kingdom. And before he left, he gave ten talents to one, five to another, and one to another. They all invested their talents except for the one that had the one. He went and buried it out of fear of his king. He was fearful because he knew that his king would reap where he didn't sow and take where he didn't, things didn't belong to him. Well, when the king returned, having been made uh, the king, he comes to his subjects, and to the first one, he had doubled 
what he was given. The next one, he doubled what he was given. The third one came and said, Sir, I have the one that you gave me. What do I do? You know, I was fearful to do anything with this. Please take this from me. I would almost think that he was almost shaking in his boots. Well, what happened? The king got angry. Why? He wasn't all in. He wasn't even halfway in. He just hid away what was given to him. The king expected that he would take everything that he had, pour it into the treasure that was given to him, and multiply that treasure. However, that servant went and hid that treasure and did nothing with it. He didn't even put it on deposit with the bankers to where there'd be any interest. Friend, you and I need to make sure that every gifting, every talent, everything that God has given us, every assignment he requests from us, that we're giving our best effort, that we're not holding back, that we're not just halfway in. We need to make sure that we're fully in and fully engaged with whatever it is that God is calling us to do. I I greatly encourage you, begin to press beyond the norm in your life. Begin to press beyond that thing, that precipice that has been holding you back, that little area of your life where you've said, well, Lord, you can have a little. Don't just give them a little. Say, God, I'm giving it all. I'm giving everything. There was a point in my life many, well, several years ago, where I I'd thought that I was completely sold out and sold completely into the things of the Lord. And I was having a devotional time in my study. At that point, I clearly heard the Lord speak to me and say, Son, whether you respond or not, you're still responsible. See, at that point in my life, I had decided that I was just going to be a good Christian, go to church, do the good Christian thing, give my tithe and offering, be a wonderful husband, a supporting father. And at that point, I was like, I'm good. I'm saved. Everything's good. Well, the Lord put on my heart very strongly right after he gave me those words that whether I responded or not, that I was going to be responsible. At that point, I immediately saw the parable of the talents play out in front of my eyes. And I knew that he required of me everything that he laid out on the table. At that point, I also knew it was my decision. He was not going to force it. That if I chose to go and walk another way, the only person that would know would be me and him. Friend, I would encourage you to ask yourself, is there anything that he has asked you to do? Is there anything that he said, hey, Do this for me, but you've been holding something back. Is there an area of your life that you've been reserving for yourself because you're too afraid to step out? Friend, he has no desire for any fear in your life. He yearns for you and for me to be fully engaged and fully alive in him, not allowing ourselves to be wrapped around in fear of what men think. He wants for you and I to be fully on fire, fully engaged with him and his presence, and fully on board with the assignment that he has for our lives. If Queen Vashti had not given in to her own desires and yielded to her king, 
the difference would have been vast. Yet she would not yield her desire. She would not yield to her king. And so, and she in turn lost the kingdom. You and I do not want to be put in a position to where our king has asked us to do something, and yet we reserve a portion of ourselves. We want to be all in, fully engaged, fully on fire with, with his presence. And how do we do that? We draw nearer to him. What does the word say? The word says that if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So God's telling you and me that if we are intentional, if we position ourselves in a way to where we're drawing near to him by the very nature, by his own word, he will draw near to us. We have to stop allowing ourselves and the fear of others and what they think of us to completely control what we're doing to control our agenda, to control our actions, to control even our thinking. How many times have you and I started thinking about something in the Word of God and because a friend, a colleague, or another minister begins to say, hey, have you been studying this? Oh, yes, yes, I've been studying that. Well, don't you think that this is what it means? That because you respect them that you immediately shift your opinion. Should you and I not first take it to the Lord? Should we not first take it to the prayer closet? The Word says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and that He will teach us all things. If the Holy Spirit teaches us all things, that means He's going to lead us into all righteousness. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to our pastors. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to wise counsel. We should. But to throw everything out before we've tested it against the Word of God and making sure that it's in context with the Scriptures as they are written, then we're out of base. We should not and cannot allow ourselves to allow the thoughts and opinions of others to completely derail us from the assignment that we've been given. We cannot allow the Word of God that's been spoken, that rhema life-giving Word that's been spoken to our hearts to be stolen from us because somebody has a different opinion than that of ours. We must stand on the Word of God. The Word of God is infallible. It's inerrant. It's unshakable. It is the foundation. And we must be well acquainted. What do I mean? Well, if you were to go into any bank today and ask the tellers, hey, how do you spot a counterfeit bill? They would not tell you, I study the counterfeit. What they would tell you is, I study and I look at and I hold and I continue to use and I rub it and I I see it, I smell it. What's that? They're, they're looking at the real thing. They get so familiar with the real thing that the moment that the artificial comes, they know it like that. In a moment, they know. Why? Because they've seen, they felt, they touched for so long the real thing that the artificial is immediately apparent. You and I need to be so engaged with our Creator, with God, that we know His voice intimately, even in a crowd of thousands or millions, we should be able to recognize his voice when he calls to us and puts a prompt on our heart. We must live a life of intentionality to where we are positioned in the arena to where every time he whispers that we can quickly draw near. He doesn't desire any of us to have a hard time or to struggle to get into his presence. 
guys, if you all need some encouragement, you can definitely reach out to us on our website for prayer. We want to join you in prayer. If you're struggling right now, if, if anybody that's watching this right now, if you are having a hard time entering the presence, please go to mooseministriesinc.com. Go to the link up top that says prayer. There's a form there. Click it. Fill out the form and just give us your name and say, hey, I need prayer. Or I need, I'm, I'm struggling getting into the presence. Please pray with me. And we will join you in prayer. We will encourage you. And if you would like, we can try to start pointing you to some resources to help you grow to where you can become more engaged and on fire for the Lord. See, the Word tells us that He wants us to be full of His presence. The word full doesn't actually mean right to the top. Let me see here. I love coffee, and so I'll pull out my coffee cup to give an example. The word full doesn't mean just to the edge, right right to the edge here. It means to the point of overflow. So if you and I are supposed to be full of the presence of God, the presence of God should be right to the edge to where it's just about to overflow the edge. What's that mean? Every time that you and I move around, that we should be dripping little bits of Him off of us. And if we're not, we should be able to use that as a gauge to where we are currently standing with Him. Every one of us, me included, Pastor Barry included, we're all in this together. We all need to be gauging ourselves and making sure that we're stirring ourselves up in the faith that God has given us and the gifts that have been imparted to us by others when they've prayed for us. None of us want you to be struggling, and we all want you to succeed. Guys, please, if you are struggling in this area, please let us know. And I know Pastor Burry would also like to hear from you as well. I know he's not here today, but you can reach him directly at bclinging at trophylakes.org. You can go to mooseministriesinc.com. We have the form under the prayer link that you can fill out there as well. Please let us know if we can pray with you. We really would like to lift you up in prayer uh, and, and join you. And we want to rally with you in victory as you gain victory over whatever it is that's causing you to kind of hold back. If it's fear of man, I want to pray with you today. If you, I just feel that there's somebody out there that's struggling with the fear of man. That you, there's something there that's causing you to hold back that the Lord will start speaking to your heart to move a certain way. And as you do, as you begin to move that way, you begin to fear what people think. Well, let's pray about that right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I put my faith with my friend out there that's struggling with the fear of man. I ask you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, just to begin to remove that fear, that vice grip off of their heart and out of their mind right now in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom, grace, and mercy over them right now in Jesus' name. I declare peace from the Holy Spirit to overtake them and overshadow them right now in Jesus' name, that where that fear was no longer will be, and it will be replaced by the peace and presence of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again on Tuesday, and uh, we'll talk with you then. God bless you.